Count the Rupee is descending on them quickly. And Count the Rupee takes the lead now in the gong of the 150. Nudges running home to second. And then came Yamazaki. But it's a local victory. Count the Rupee for Brock Ryan. Won it by two lengths to none. G'day, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Triple J Racing Weekly. Um, day one of the Sydney Championships this weekend and really looking forward to that. Obviously got a um, couple of Group 1 races, uh, Group 2 and 3 races in Sydney as well, and then a few listed races in Melbourne to chat about. Um, unfortunately, still very wet outside, but hopefully the weather's a little bit better up where you are. Bryce, how you going, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. And uh, well done last weekend. Absolute fill-up on your end. So sensational tipping, and here's hoping uh, for a repeat. Yeah, mate, really happy with last weekend. You know, um, things really panned out well for me, and uh, we were able to find 12 winners out of the 19 races for Triple J Racing members. So, yeah, really good weekend, mate. Um, obviously, the frustrating one for both of us was that protest for sharp response. Uh, really interested to hear your thoughts on on that one and whether you thought that the, the right ruling was made. Yeah, I pretty disappointing with the consistency, to be honest. And it isn't so much pocket talk. I obviously backed it and got it at the at the odds. But regardless of that, I was on uh, Animo as well. And I just think I've heard things saying that Ollie spoke better in the room. And if if it's about how the jockey speaks in the room, then we've lost all consistency with decision making. And to have that overturned, I watched the replay multiple times and I said, okay, I'll sit back, pretend I didn't have a bet on the race. And I've seen some absolute crook things over the years um, that I haven't even got a mention. And I watched that and went, gee, this is concerning. So pretty disappointed, mate. And that's aside from my bet, I just think I've seen a lot worse. They, If they're going to crack down on it, they need to go one way or the other. It can't just be hit and miss or how the jockeys speak in the room. And, uh, yeah, I guess in the end, disappointing for the trainer. He was gutted. I don't blame him. Watching the race multiple times, it was an enormous run, absolutely enormous. Yes, it it did get the nose a couple of times. I don't think it would have affected the result. And even still, if you're going to make it up for that margin, I had one at Packenham the other night where out of the gates, got, nearly got bowled over and uh, the horse nearly fell, got back up, lost by just over a head and, Nothing was done about it. The protest was dismissed straight away. So if that's going to be upheld, then what about the Packenham one? It didn't even get a look in. And I thought the horse that hit it was the one that won and there was nothing between them. And it took the spot it was going to go into before it got knocked over. So if that's not even going to get a look in, then how sharp responses overturned is unbelievable. What were your thoughts, mate? Yeah, mate. Oh, look, I'm pretty, uh, pretty similar thoughts to yourself, obviously. Like you said, First things first, the horse made an absolutely huge run and I think he deserved to win the race. Obviously, you know, he had to run past Ollie's horse and, and many other horses um, from the wide lane as well. He did it the hard way. Um, he certainly was one of the better performing runners from the rear of the field all day. He hit the front and he was probably entitled to have those jelly legs late like he did. Um, and like you said, though, it's a little bit of a... It's the consistency that lets everyone down. I mean, I mentioned a few times... A couple of months ago, I seen Just Tozer at Newcastle get absolutely bumped almost off the track and uh, was clearly going to win that race. And, and they don't overturn that one, which is clear contact. And now, now you've got a, a jockey that accidentally gets gets his whip in the wrong place or whatnot. But the big thing for me was, you know, the horse took another 20 metres, 30 metres past the lawn to get in front of the horse anyway. So that was the frustrating one for mine. I just think if they're going to overturn decisions, I think it needs to be clear cut that the horse is going to win. and. Uh, it's absolute nonsense if they think that horses don't get accidentally hit in the head. It happens all the time. It happens a lot more than people mm-hmm. think it happens. And, you know, just because it was the Mornington Guineas, um, Ollie wanted the protest. But obviously, you know, you do that for connections. And one thing I do want to say is, like you mentioned briefly, uh, I watched the footage of Ollie and um, Bo Mertens in the room, and it was an absolute lesson for the young kid. Um, Bo Mertens, obviously, um, Ollie absolutely... Mate, it was it was honestly like a teacher and an apprentice in there. Ollie talked his way through uh, what happened, and then Bo Merton sort of almost gave himself up in the end. And like you said, it shouldn't have an impact, but some of these senior jockeys are really, really good at talking their way out of uh, things like that. And I guess that's what happened on the weekend. But um, nonetheless, I think it was a huge run, and um, still got good place odds about the horse. So that was nice. 
Uh, another couple of good results for us, mate. Williamsburg obviously got the win at ten dollars, and you tip Machilate, which is a really big run as well. The three dollars eighty a place, uh, really close. We found Crystal Pegasus as well, and uh, a number of other winners. So, really good weekend for us. Uh, did you have any runners to sort of follow out of the weekend, or anything you, you really liked on the weekend? Yeah, well found. That was a great run from Williamsburg. I do want to follow Matcha. I think I saw the rising trip and it was extremely wet, maybe just down in distance a touch. I, I did like its run though. I'm really keen to follow it and Williamsburg's flying. So yeah, really well found there. And Crystal Pegasus, isn't that a true stay in our absolute, just got so strong late and uh, really good ride as well. Just to stalk Pondus, very smart. So yeah, hard to knock Crystal Pegasus. It's building the picket fence. It's got the corner pocket vibes about it just over the longer distance. So very well done to uh, Waller there for keeping it up for as long as it has been. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, like I said last week, I, I tipped the horse on top, but prior to his um, win, I think it was 2,400 or 2,600 last start, I honestly thought he was a dead set 2,000 metre tour, but he's... Dead set, ruled that out of the book now. He's a proper stayer. Um, he was able to beat a nice one in Pondus there on Saturday, and that was a really good result. Uh, for me, I think just uh, what I really got out of the weekend, I was really happy about it, was when the uh, meeting got moved to Newcastle. And I've been saying it to um, Triple J Racing members for a while now that we really do need to review meetings, and, and that's what I do. Uh, I send out a review every weekend, and I always follow, like, suggest runners to follow. And a couple of runners from mine lately have been the back market types that haven't had the right track. Um, obviously, Fangirl last start, backed into $1.60 in the fire lap stakes at Rose Hill, was never going to win that race with the way that the pattern was that day where they couldn't make up any ground. Uh, I honestly thought it was suicidal seeing that horse getting backed in, you know, into $1.60. And then next start in the Vinery stud, down to the 2,000 metres, obviously turned in 18.50, but we got 8.50 about the horse. Fourth up, rock hard fit with a good draw and, and went to the fairest track in New South Wales and bolted in. And then uh, similar with Promise of Success, uh, obviously really good in the Coolmore, running on from the rear, gets a fair track and wins. So uh, I think it's really important that we do follow the track bias situation and the track patterns. And then when we get a uh, fairer playing field, you can sort of get some good odds about horses. So that was just the one thing for me out of the, the weekend, mate. But obviously heading back to Randwick this weekend for the, for the championships, we know it's going to be a heavy 10. Um, the rail's in the true position. Haven't raced for a month there. Um, have you got any uh, expectation on how the track's going to play? Um, just really quickly as well, mate, I'll just briefly touch on Moonee Valley, Dusa, and and it was Fortunate Kiss as well. Enormous runs, enormous. So Daisy's got the win, got the split at the right time, but really want to follow those out of Moonee Valley. In terms of uh, the track, it's, it's pretty tricky, mate. And at the moment with the weather, I have no idea. I mean... I think they'll be running on late. I think they'll be finding the better ground. So he's hoping it just plays okay and most horses handle it. It just does take a little bit of the racing element out of it, doesn't it? But, uh, yeah, hopefully the track plays well and, and every horse gets its chance, but a little bit of a guessing game. So what do you reckon with the in terms of the track? Yeah, so I went back and had a look at uh, how I played a month ago when they were last there, and that was the day that Cabastel led on the fence and won. Um, Seven Vales led on the fence and won. Zarek was on pace and won, and then you had Eduardo, Marzo, and Converge, where Anime couldn't catch. So I think it certainly played on pace that day. Uh, hard to make up ground. I guess the thing is, right now we're really getting to that stage where this rain isn't just, you know, making these tracks so heavy. I just spoke to you about it before. They're, they're actually proper, proper heavy now, and um, they're not having any time in between these rainy days where they dry. So they're wet, and then there's, you know, more rain just coming and coming and coming, and... A lot of horses, as we're seeing this week, just simply aren't handling it. So I guess the positive is we're back in, and the truck's had a bit of a time off, but even though it's got a lot of rainfall, at least it hasn't had horses on there. Um, we all hope that the meeting goes ahead and they don't have to sort of come up with any sort of plans to move, but they are doing a good job of, you know, keeping the keeping the racing game going and finding tracks for it. But hopefully we go ahead. I'm just sort of expecting similar to that, mate. I think you want to be forward to midfield. Um, maybe just in behind the pace and have an opportunity to find the lane that's winning or, or playing best on the day. So, yeah, I don't want any proper backmarkers. Um, that might change. It has happened before at Ramick, But at this stage, I think uh, midfield draws, forward of midfield draws and, um, yeah, middle of the track maybe. 
Um, what we're going to do is go through most of the races at Realmic, races two to nine, and then we'll have a talk about um, two at Bendigo. So we'll start with the race two at Realmic. It's the Carbine Club Stakes over 1,600 metres. Um, current favourite is Straight Aaron at $2.50. Um, next line of betting, you've got Flying Crazy for Gerald Ryan, $5. Jal Murray, $6. Capistel, $7.50. Um, then out to double-figure odds. From a speed map perspective, Gulf of Saros and Sweet Ruby will shoot out from the middle of the field, lead them up. Um, what are you expecting, mate? Favourites to kick things off here, or are you playing around? This was probably the race out of the day I was happy to leave. If the favourite was a bit of better odds, I'd probably get involved, but pretty happy to watch it, mate. I'll uh, I'll have a spec on Voldemort in the first, but in terms of this race, happy to watch and learn. What about yourself? Yeah, see, so I think that... Um... Over the day, there's plenty of races that I sort of want to play a bit of value, and I think that this is one of them. I, I believe that this straight Aaron horse is a really nice type. Um, obviously, what he did first up over 1,400 on heavy track was really, really impressive and suggested he might be that Waller type that gets out 2,000 metres, potential future derby type. But, um, you know, heading around, we've got a real heavy truck, second or well, third start of its career, but second up this time around. Two to 50 odds against horses like this. I just can't have a bar of that. Um, while I like the horse from Barrier 10, I'm going to play around. And I think that Capistel's the bet here. Um, 7.50 and 2.20 a place. She obviously got run off her feet a little bit in the cool mall, but that was at Rose Hill. This horse is a real Ramwick um, specialist. She's trained at Ramwick and her, her form at Ramwick is really good. Uh, I don't think there's any position on any race course in Australia that she's more comfortable with than the fence at Ramwick, and that's what she gets here. Um, and I just think that this field is – this is a major drop in grade from that Coolmore race, and we're getting good odds about a horse that's half-proven on a wet track and has a nice draw. So I think I'm going to kick things off with Capistel each way in the in the in race two, mate. But, yeah, it's certainly a very um, competitive way to kick off the meeting. Was – sorry, was Capistel – was that when it railed on the fence and beat Singer Love Song? Yes, it was, yep. It won that race, okay, and then, yeah. it went to, then, uh, then it went to the Coolmore and, um, yeah, sort of got run off her feet a little bit there in a fast-run race. But she drew off the fence that day and didn't handle it as well. But, yeah, her form her form on the Randwick track, as well as the Randwick Kensington track, reads really well. And I think she just might be one of them horses that races best uh, on her home ground. So I think that's a major positive. And I just like the odds about the horse first up. Well, not first up, sorry, uh, race two. Absolutely, mate. Right. looks good. Race three, we got the 2,000-meter Adrian Knox Stakes for three-year-old fillies. Um, group three, favorite is I'm Devine with Tommy Berry aboard. Um, oh, Jay McRae's Roots at 11, I mean at 6.50. Honey Creeper, $7. Mamunia, $7.50. Shannon for Mark Newnham at $10. Uh, here's one of your friends, mate, a cheerer, 13. Summerbill, 13, and then out to some good odds. Um, look, this speed map, I'm not going to run through it too much. There's a lot of pace in the race. All the inside draws seem to go forward. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let Brossy dissect this one, mate. Who's, are you sticking solid with the cheerer? How did I'm Divine lose? <laughs> that was one of the sickest beats I've had all year. I cannot believe that that ran off the track. And I initially, when I saw the field, I thought, I'm going to back, I'm Divine, I'm going to back a cheerer. I'm just questioning the price on I'm Divine. And Tommy Berry is a good rider. This is a this is an upgrade with all respect, and um, he won't be letting it run off the track. Just not too sure. There's so many form lines in this to match up. Achira, yes, very hard to to jump off. I'm not. I'm going to stick with Achira, but again, coming out of a, a highway and uh, it's yeah, it is questionable form. But did like its finale, and I think that's the key. It does have the upside. It jumped up to a good trip last prep, so we know it'll stay. And just found the line really well. Handles the conditions. Abdullah's in form. So it is likable at the $12. I'm divine. I think it might drift. I'd probably be looking for a better price late. But you look at its form and it's it certainly has put in some good runs. I just thought it opened a little bit short. But they were the two, mate. I think those two, um, for me, mainly on a cheer each way. Um, and I think it'll just map well, get a good run. And the main thing is get through the conditions, which a lot of these we just don't really know. So I like that each way. What did you land on? 
Yeah, well, like you said, mate, I think if you're a value hunter, you're certainly going to have fun with this race because the favourite's at $5. And, you know, like you just said, there's a lot of these horses we don't know how they're going to handle it going. So it's this is a really, really tricky race. And that's why I've sort of leaned towards... And for starters, guys, uh, for those who don't know what Bryce was talking about, Om Devine was basically leading them up there last start at Canberra on the inside fence with about 50 to go and ended up coming second and got himself out to the outside fence. So uh, I don't exactly know what happened there, but it was it was a pretty sick beat. But yeah, I'm sort of playing um, a, good, a horse that I've been following a little bit in Shannon, um, obviously affiliate of Piero. Um, they put blinkers on Shannon early on in the career, and I think that she'll wear them every single start because they took took the blinkers off one trial and she just did not respond at all. And uh, Piero obviously wore blinkers his whole career. So um, and the, what I like about the horse is she was pretty strong in the first few starts of her career. They were over 1,400 1,600. So started off the career at a um, decent sort of distance range. Was beaten by Castle Ray Kid and decisive move in those two races, which is certainly form that's been franked. And then um, she was off a six-week break before coming back out at 1,800 metres on soft going. And I was a little bit worried that day, although we did we did play the horse on um, Triple J Racing and I was just super impressed with the win. And I think that that goes to show that 2,000 metres is going to be right up her alley, um, being able to do that off a long break. Obviously, the heavy track, um, like you said, is a concern with a lot of these runners. So I wasn't going to jump off based on, you know, concern with her not handling the track, especially when they give me 10 and 3.30. But I just like the look at Shannon here at that price. Um, I think Atira is pretty well placed again, mate. I think that horse has a pretty good opportunity here, third up now. And I think the 2,000 metres is going to suit. Um, she's competed over the 2,000 metres in a decent race last preparation, as you know. So that was the two that I sort of liked at decent odds. And um, But, yeah, certainly no confidence about the race. I think it's a extremely tough, uh, you know, tough race to start with. What were your thoughts on Roots? Yeah, I'm not too sure where it's at. Certainly capable, isn't it? Sort of maybe a market watch with that one. Um, but it's good enough, isn't it? So see how we go, I guess. But, yeah, market watch for mine. Yeah, I think um, obviously Rich, I would have Rich right in the market, but um, I think the jockey hopped off last start and just said that didn't like the heavy track at all. So, you know, we're probably going to get an even wetter track this week again, and that's that's what will leave me away from um, Roots. But we'll go to race four now, which is the 2,600-metre Schweppes Chairman's Quality, over, which is a group two, 2,600 metres, as I said already. Um, the favourite is Chalkstream at $4. Willie Pikerod, Zarek at six fifty. Stockman, 750. Uh, Huey Bowman, fresh off uh, an absolute fill up at Newcastle here, riding Great House at $9. She's Ideal, 10. Uh, LaBale, 12. Knight's Order, Luncey, Surprise Baby. Uh, speed map here, mate. No surprises in Knight's Order, probably lead them up. Um, Nerve, not Verve, will probably follow in, and Chalkstream gets an inside draw this time around. So, uh, what's your thoughts here? Huey Bowman off an absolute fill up, all right. And, uh, no luck on endorsement, but in this race, yeah, I think I couldn't get past the price of Stockman, mate. What would Dwayne be in this? I think the saw the eight dollars, um, Barrier Tan, Alicia Collett, and not only does Stockman love the heavy, but second to Dwayne, I think I'd happily take a dollar thirty for Dwayne in this, and I'm I'd never take those odds. So if it handles the backup, I think it's nearly a good thing. Um, barrier 10 yes it needs a little bit of early luck it's only missed the quinella once on heavy footing so conditions absolutely suit probably prefer it away from ramwick it's ramwick record isn't isn't amazing but gee eight dollars 750 now i find it very hard to get away from that price with that form line um and then you go look at its other runs apart from the one uh First up run, which was behind Very Elegant, it was on the heavy, beat Mount Popper, and we saw what Mount Popper did. So um, there's there's plenty to like about it. I just think that Dwayne's form line is unbelievable. And heavy conditions, tick, tick. Ranwick's probably the only concern and barrier 10. But Alicia Collett, I think she puts them into good spots and I reckon that's a great each-way bet. What are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, mate. Um, look, I was... When I originally did form for this race, I kind of thought Stockman might come out just because it obviously raced there on Monday. But we all know that Joe Pride loves the seven-day backup and it does work for a lot of his horses. And, you know, like you said, this horse absolutely loves a bottomless heavy 10. So uh, the conditions suit up perfect for Stockman and he's certainly an each-way player that I'd, I would be around. But 
Um, well, I'm going with Chalk Stream, the favourite. Uh, I don't want any short of four bucks, which is what we get now. So I'm happy to take the four dollars. But as I said earlier, I like to do a lot of reviews after race meetings and and look for those horses that I think found the worst part of the track. Um, this Chalk Stream last start was. Only second up at the 2,400 metre mark. And he was three wide the trip that day. Uh, really strong through the line with the second fastest last 200 behind Shawfire. And my exact words in, in the review that I did were, don't drop off this horse now because he won't go up in weight for not winning. And that's exactly what's happened. Um, he's 2,600 metres this week now, third up. Um, didn't go up any weight, remained at the 53 kilos. And now gets barrier one. So we'll certainly avoid that three wide line and probably get a much... Better run in transit. Obviously, track pattern a little bit vital there because if the fence is completely off, then that'll affect the horse running around at 2,600 metres. But, um, yeah, similar thoughts to that promise of speech, promise of success and fangirl talk I said before. This is another runner that I want to follow out of that sort of track pattern um, theory. Zarek um, bowled in over 2,000 metres on a heavy um, on pace there last start for Tyron pretty late there, over 2,400 metres. I think the horse can get 2,400 metres and run a strong race. And I think the added fitness now from Barrier 4, Willie Pollock sticks on the horse and goes down two kilos and back to Ramwick. I really like that. Um, Rose was certainly different to Ramwick, and, and that's where Zarek won last start. So each way there. But uh, probably going to play Chalkstream, mate. And, and um, yeah, if Stockman's still paying $2.50 a place on Saturday, I'll be having a good crack at that, I think. Sounds like a saver for me. And I'll be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about it and probably did just have that narrow view with Stockman, whereas you kind of open my eyes up a bit more with that. So I'll definitely have a bit more of a look into it and uh, I reckon that'd be my saver. Sounds good, mate. And I know you're really keen to talk about this next race that we've got on the on the agenda, which is the uh, 1,400-metre New Haven Park Country Championships final. Um, set weights, obviously really, really good event and really exciting event. Um, Zoo Station came out this afternoon, which gives the spot to How's It Kev. Um, and, uh, yeah, really, really competitive race and a tough one. So it's going to take a really, really strong horse to take this race out, I believe. But um, we'll go through a couple of runners. We've got Far Too Easy's favourite, Jay McAboard at 480. Tested All Silence, 550. Cavalier Charles with Jamie Carraboard at 7. Edit, $7. Another one with Nick Haywoods at $10. Cody Morgan's got a few runners in the field. Anathol at $11. Um, Commando Hunt, 20 And then getting some really, really big odds about a few roughies in the field. But nothing would surprise me here. And from a speed map perspective, there is a lot of pace in the race. Um, obviously, barriers 2, 4, and 6 will lead them up. And then all the wider lanes, I think, are going to try and push forward as well. So I'm expecting a really, really fast tempo, especially if the track plays that way. Um, and I'm, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts here, mate. Edit better win. Otherwise, I've been hyping up this horse for so damn long. Um, look, I, I'll be honest, mate. I was more confident going into the Cozzy. And if you watch the replay of Edit's run, he should have won the Cozzy by half length to a length. Um, he was eight lengths at the back. He got held up for most of the straight and he lost by just over a length carrying half a kilo or a kilo more from memory and just saw backsides and should have won. Should have won hands down. And when I found his replays from New Zealand and he, I was uh, pretty red hot on him for his first up run at Tamworth and just ripped from, from the back and watched it with my housemate and he said, oh, no chance, no chance, turned it off. And I said, mate, hang on, hang on. And it was one of the best wins I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. And the thing with Edit is he hasn't won since that Tamworth win, but he's been drawn barrier 11, three out of four runs in Australia. So we've all pegged him as this back marker and sits off the speed 10 lengths or whatever. But you go watch his recent trial. He draws a good barrier and he, and he jumped and he got just behind the leaders. And that's the key, I reckon. He's got barrier three. I think he, if, as long as he jumps and he behaves – and he just slots out, just one out, uh, I expect him to be too good. His turn of foot is unbelievable. You go have a look at the Cavalier Charles versus Edit. He's three months underdone. He didn't quite have the preparation. He was first up. Cavalier Charles was four runs deep, and he peaked on his run and lost by a length. And how much better is he going to be with that run, this preparation coming in as opposed to Cavalier, who was hard fit, had absolute 10 out of 10 ride on Cavalier and Edit was drawn very poorly again. 
Now he gets the good draw. He gets a weight swing on Cavalier. Yes, Cavalier gets Jamie Carr. Um, but Cavalier had a 12 out of 10 ride and it just looked like he was going to win. He was a bit unlucky and then he just peaked on the run late. Uh, the, I was more confident with the Cozzy because A, the prep was better. He's only had one run, so my confidence is a bit dimmed and B, heavy. So who knows? He's proven to a soft seven. But in terms of quality, mate, um, you go look at his run behind Eduardo and he clocked the same splits as Eduardo running home. He's got absolute freak turn of foot, just barrier 11, three out of four runs in Oz. Now he's got barrier three. If he jumps and he gets a clean crack, just needs to handle the slot and I, I reckon just far too good. And obviously you'll be touching on another one, which I reckon is the Quinella. And uh, Cavalier Charles, probably great horse, bit too short for mine with the weight swing on edit. I think edit can turn the tables far too easy. Loves the, to win, but um, hasn't been winning by much and unknown on the full heavy. So cracking race, mate. That's my story with edit. As long as he handles the heavy and slots in, I reckon he's too good. Yeah, mate, I know exactly what you're talking about with uh, Edit. He has a really, really sharp turn of foot. Um, you know, we have seen that a number of times and sort of, you know, he sort of gets that bit of a, a name for himself as being a bit of an unlucky runner and, and whatnot. But uh, for your sake, I do hope he jumps well because I think that if he doesn't jump well from barrier three, he's going to be pinged on the fence at the rear of the field. And, uh, you know, you did raise a good point there that maybe, maybe he's been going back from wide gates. But if he misses a kick this time around, on a heavy 10, that's going to take away a bit of his sharp turn of foot that we've all seen. Um, I just don't think you want to be sort of trying to make up a stack of ground in a race like this, which uh, my sort of theory around the race is that it's going to be a really, really tough slog. Uh, we know how much pace is in the race. We know we've got a full field. We know that um, I've sort of looked for those runners that are sort of genuine 1,400-meter types or 1,500, 1,600 even and proven to be able to handle really, really strong runs. Um, that's why I'll end on another one. He obviously ran in this race last year. He was three wide the trip, um, chased Arcado to the line, really, really strong. He went into that race off a similar sort of lead up to this one here where he sort of had a, had a pipe open at 1,200 at Rose Hill and won. I mean, he didn't win, sorry, but he had a good run against uh, Rural Law and the Bopper. Then he's gone home to Wagger and, and qualified himself. And since then, it's just been putting him on ice and making sure that he comes into this cherry ripe and... Obviously, he races best fresh is what the stable's opinion of him is over 1,400 metres. So um, that's what's been going on there. But uh, like I said about the Arcado thing, and then last preparation, one thing that I really liked about him was that they went out the 1550 at the Kensington. He comes second in a benchmark 72. He then uh, was two lengths off Shibley over 1,800 metres in a benchmark 78, which is really, really good form. So mm. I think that that just goes to show that he's got a proper genuine motor on him. Um, his one run on a heavy track was second to Lions Raw. And uh, Nick Hayward's been riding this horse since he was an um, early two-year-old type, knows him really well. They get along like a house on fire with uh, seven starts, four wins, three placings. They never missed a placing. So I just really like another one. I love the barrier where he'll be able to cart across, hopefully park um, second off the fence, second, third, fourth pair at worst. But, yeah, I just think that he might get a reasonable position there. And um, out of the other runners, obviously – um, if Edit jumps well, he's a chance, but I'm happy to sort of play around him based on where I think he's going to land up. And I think Cavalier Charles and Testador Silence are probably the two that worry me. Commando Hunt, I think, can run a strong 1,400 metres, and they're probably the runners I'm sort of looking at, mate. But at the price, and I have played him earlier already with our sort of Triple J racing team, and um, I think he's a good each-way bet. But, but as we said before, mate, like these horses, and especially the two that we like, they're two fresh horses, you know. They're coming in here second up at it, and another one's actually coming in here first up. So they're going to have to really be on the top of their game to handle this wet track. And uh, this race could honestly throw out a, a proper who knows what result. So I'm really looking forward to watching it, and I hope that one of us gets a result or we both get a result with the Quinella. But um, it's going to be an interesting race, that's for sure. Definitely, mate. And in my honest opinion, I think with – the form you've just touched on, that is probably the A-plus form with another one. If I had to say the two best horses in the race with all things even would be the two we've just touched on, then you throw in, as you said, does Edit jump clean? It's notorious for being a little bit um, playing up in the gates. And B, heavy 10. Heavy 10, we, I just don't know. You know, This could throw out one of the, in my opinion, horses that wouldn't even look past to win this race, handles the conditions, a treat. So unfortunately, I don't think it's a race for the for the best horse, um, but I'm going to go that way because 
at the end of the day, pretty much all of these are unknown on, on an absolute bottomless deck. So you just have to go with what you think is the best. And I think that's, yeah, the two we've touched on, mate. I, I, I agree completely with both of them. I think that's a good point you raised, mate, because sometimes uh, we can sort of get really focused on trying to find the wet trucker in the field. But, you know, you sort of got to take into account that this is a, this is a field full of qualifiers, horses out in the country, you know, they're all on different levels. There's some really nice horses here. There's some horses here that are qualified that I simply don't think are up to the task. And then you can, yeah, you can get sort of bogged down in trying to find a wet tracker, which the one wet tracker is tested or silence. But, um, and look, he qualified in pretty pretty good style there now, running on from the rear of the field. But look over his career, he's only raced 1,400 once, and that was the qualifier to get here. He had to ride quiet that day to be strong late. Uh, so I think that both their horses have a good chance, and hopefully they handle the ground, mate. But um, yeah, going to be really, really interesting. Um, race six is the English Sires, which is a group one two-year-old race, 1,400 metres. Um, the favourite is your good friend in Fireburn, the winner of the Golden Slipper. Uh, Brenton Abdullah remains on. She's Extreme, $8. Dormier and Showcourt, $8.50. Damien Lane rides Let's Roll the Dice at $12. Um, count the Headlights, 14 Magic, 15 Charlatan, $23. Um, and the others are pretty large odds. Obviously, um, it looks like Dormier and She's Extreme are probably going to have to push forward from a wide draw. Man in the Mirror goes forward, I think, with um, Hugh Bowman aboard. And uh, this is a really interesting race as well, mate, because as we know with these heavy decks, two-year-olds, you want to you want one that loves the heavy deck and you want one that's probably going to be strong at the 1,400 metres. And I think I know which horse you're going to select here, mate. So run us through your reasons why. Um, just briefly before I do, are you with Fireburn? Yeah, I am, yep. I So I do see a fair bit of um, people on sort of racing Twitter and opinions and stuff, and it is, is good to read. I was perplexed. The most common uh, interest to tip this weekend race was against Fireburn all week. I was seeing uh, Show Court. I was seeing Warby. I was seeing multiple horses, and this was the race everyone wanted to be involved against. And I thought, you're kidding what? You're kidding. Like, like I'm I'm I couldn't believe everyone wanted to get Fireburn beat. And I thought, okay, so yes, I was on show court, super unlucky, brilliant run. Warby flew home. Fireburn is coming off a check and it won the golden slipper with a leg in the air. Do you, if you're tipping something against this race, you're ultimately saying, rightio, I can beat the golden slipper winner who's shooting for a picket fence, relishes the conditions, nearly fell over and won walking. And I thought, you're kidding. This is the most, you, I just couldn't believe it, mate. I think this is just, you, you couldn't go against anything else in this race. I, in my honest opinion, and slipper curse, I mean, this is the trainer who, who last got this right. So I'm, I just think Fireburn's an absolute moral provided even luck and running. I mean, Show court, yes, as I said, brilliant run. It's a maiden. It's coming out of maiden grade. You've got Warby, huge home, also coming out of races nowhere near the depth. And if if you can make a case for me that it beats the Golden Slipper winner, um, who won by two and a half lengths, then go for it. But at the moment, I think everything's just running for a clear-cut second unless Fireburn just drastically uh, finds some sort of uh, really – just loses its rating in the run. As long as it hold, holds its form, mate, I reckon it will absolutely lap them. What do you think? I totally agree, mate. Um, obviously, I just think what the horse did in the Golden Slipper was the horse showed traits of a really, really good horse. You know, it was a tough win. Obviously, bounced off a knock there before the straight. A lot of those horses give up after that. They don't like it. They don't like getting bumped around. He's just mm. sort of handled that, bounced off it, took the hard lane up the middle. That You know, obviously, there was gaps there, but still had to take him. Bolted through, um, loves the wet, and yeah, it was absolutely strong through the line. The sectional data suggests you know the horse will lap up 1400 meters, keeps Brendan aboard, perfect draw. And um, the big key for me was that Portelli said after the race, um, Fireburn ate the bin clean, you know, absolutely yep. just went through it fine, pulled up fine. So I think, yeah, I totally agree. I don't know how punters can jump off Fireburn, obviously. I think $2.30, I'll, I'll, I'll take $2.30. Um, absolutely. I think She's Extreme comes from a wide draw. You know, tough preparation, gold silver run, whatnot. And Showcore was obviously the one that I liked as well. Um, and I do know, I do have a feeling that um, J Mac could have rode other horses and he's decided to stick on Showcore. And I think the horse has ability. 
he's been that flashing light run because he, he did hit trouble there in that run and whatnot. But you know, that was that was in that Sajardin race. The race before that, he was racing at Canterbury there, chasing home psychiatrist and horses that, you know, these aren't the big two-year-old names at all. So I think that, you know, and the biggest key is you said it yourself, heavy track tick. Horses absolutely lapping up on heavy. There you go, two-year-old. So Five burns one for me, man. I'm not looking at any other runners, and I'll probably take the two dollars thirty-five. And with that show court, as you said, mate, like it is a flashing light run. Looks to have plenty of ability. In any other race, I certainly could entertain it. I think it was very unlucky uh, when it got out late. But if you're up against Fireburn, who's ready for five straight, coming off a Golden Slip romp, and you're getting over even money, I don't want to hear about anything else. <laughs> I totally agree, mate. And there's a couple of other runners in the field that have serious ability. And unfortunately, um, you know, for those horses, I just think that they they aren't they aren't the heavy track types, but they they've got to take these races on as two year olds because they don't come around. You know, you're not a two year old every every year, so I think that's the case. But I think you know you you got you're silly to take off um, take your mind off the two year old that's handling the wet tracks and also the Golden Slipper winner. So um, yeah, I think we're on the winner there, mate. But we'll move on to the 2400 meter Australian Derby for three year olds uh, Setway Group One. Obviously got Hitatsu who's flying at the moment at $3.60. Regal Lion, $6. Forgot You, $7.50. Character, $9.50. Um, Allegron's $15. Benno, $15. And um, double figures the rest. Um, speed map, probably Zoom on and Castle Ray Kid go forward. Are you taking one of the runners from Monday, mate, or are you you're playing around? Probably happy to leave it, mate. I have huge respect for Hitatsu. It's an unbelievable horse. With the track, not too sure. Johnny Allen said in the interview himself, wants it to dry up. Stable can do anything. They're absolutely flying at the moment, and they're never really not flying. Happy to watch it, mate, because if I bet against the Totsu, feel it's just gonna it's just going to win. And uh, if I bet on it, I'm worried about the wet deck. So I couldn't really find uh, much else. But if you've got some value for me, I'm all ears. Yeah, well, I'm playing. I'm playing Benno. Um, obviously, I don't yep. like the I don't like the barrier draw at all. But I think the right race for this is, is actually is this Monday race at um, Newcastle. Obviously, um, you know that's character Benno and Regal Lion. The reason for that is I think that some of these horses, like I told you, I know that he's done what he's done, but you know we haven't seen anyone a heavy deck, and this is this is a different ball game. This and um, you know he's second up, whereas horses like Benno, Benno, I think is um, fourth fourth or fifth up here. Um, obviously probably didn't want the, the race to go back to the 1850 the other day, but I think it was a really good prep for this race because he was sort of working through his gears and he was really strong through the line. But, you know, you got to remember that we're adding on another 450, 550 metres here or whatever it is. Um, and I really like what I've seen. I think from the barrier, they're obviously going to have to sort of just roll into wherever they can get to, Abdullah. Um, but I think this is the grand final for this horse. I think he worked through it all right on the heavy. Um, so I'm happy to go Benno. Reason being, I like Regal Line and Benno, but one six dollars and one sixteen dollars. And I just thought, well, you know, I'm going to stick with Benno. I've been on it for a few runs this prep, and this is the grand final. And I also like the runner character who I did back the other day. Um, I didn't think he did it too hard in, in transit, so I think that he'll bounce out of that okay. But um, yeah, I actually really like the sort of what is it five or six day backup horses here, um, just because I feel like the fitness is going to be there, and a couple of these other runners I think are going to really struggle on um, this is going to be a real war of attrition, I guess, three-year-olds, 2,400 heavy 10. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of them sort of races where you can sit back and have a, have a throw at the darts, but I'm going to throw my dart at Benno at $16 each way and, and hopefully, um, yeah, can get a, get a big win for us. Absolutely, mate. Sounds good. Um, speaking of war of attrition, here comes another one. Uh, the 1,200-meter group one, TJ Smith stakes, wait for age. Um, the favourite is Nature Strip with J-Mac aboard, $2.80. His good mate, Eduardo, $3.70. Um, Shelby, 66 with Barry aboard this time, $6. Mask Crusader, 9 Pulele, $14. Um, and I don't think the other – I think the other runners are probably making up the numbers. But anyway, speed map perspective, um, Eduardo probably want to go a little bit slower than what he did last start. I think he, um, you know, went, went a little bit too hard there. And Nature Strip will come over from the outside, probably play the stalking role and – uh, for my selection, I'm hoping Rule of Law punches up and um, takes Eduardo with him and, and, and makes him work really hard early. So who are you with here, mate? Yeah, really good race. I, As much as I love Shelby and our unbelievable story, being good for my pocket and good for everyone to enjoy, uh, 
I have no idea why it's that price versus overpass. If you go watch that replay, 5.5 keg swing, overpass was jogging. Uh, so every day of the week, I'd be taking the 18s about overpass as to Shelby 550, which is just totally, totally wrong in my eyes. And Paul Ailey, five out of five at Randwick, Nicky Lloyd mentioned, which is a very good point. Can stalk the leaders, loves the track, loves the track. So for me, mate, it's one of these ones. I'm going to take overpass and Paul, uh, Paul Ailey each way. And then if I've got some bonus bets or something else, I reckon Eduardo. Uh, because for me, I've never backed Nature Strip. I'm never going to back him. He's an unbelievable horse, but... Is not a profitable one. I mean, you're always going to get low odds. I, I see no point. And I've avoided him for years, and I don't think I've lost any money doing it. I'm not going to start backing him now. So I'm happy to take all those, those three that I mentioned. I think they'll all run a good race. What do you What do you think, mate? Good point you made there about overpass because people aren't seeming to realise that there's a five-and-a-half kilo weight swing in the favour of mm-hmm. overpass here. He carried three kilos more than Shelby last start, and he's carrying two less here. So... Uh, it's amazing what price you're getting about overpass, but oh, look for me. I'm not taking my eyes off the um, the obvious ones. I think that Nature Strip gets a good setup here. I, I'm not going to lie. I want three dollars fifty. I don't want to take anything short of that. Probably won't. So unless he drifts um, pretty heavily on race day, I'm not going to take it. But he's had a tendency over his career to um, regress second up, as we all know, and, and especially in recent preparations. Eduardo's actually beaten him second up um, in his last two start um, preparations. So. You know, obviously, he's third up here. He's six wins from eight third up. Um, and I think that I've always liked him from a wider draw when Eduardo's going to boot up. And I just think I really hope Rule of Law stays in the field here because I think Rule of Law is going to punch up next to Eduardo and make him sort of do a little bit of work. And um, we all know Rule of Law is not going to take a sit in a race like this. Rule of Law is going to punch up. And if him and Eduardo can really knock each other out and Nature Strip stays behind, I think that Nature Strip, while he was a little bit disappointing last start, gets out of 1,200 metres here. He does like Ramwick. Um, he's five wins and four placings from 13 starts at Randwick. And uh, I just think that he's probably the horse. Like you said, you know, it could be a race you don't bet in at $2.80. But um, other runner, I guess, is Mars Crusader. But I think it's absolutely crazy to take odds about Mars Crusader because he's going to jump out from the rear of the field. He's lost Tommy Berry and his turn of foot's just weakened on ground like this. So um, I'm not playing around the obvious, which is Nature Strip and Eduardo on that. But um, if I had to tip a winner, it'd be Nature Strip. And I want a little bit more value before I sort of punch a bet into this race. Yeah, fair. Uh, but it would be would be really good to see that Shelby 66 story carry on. But And it hasn't been um, a financial boost for my pocket. I've sort of avoided the last couple of runs and just been really, really um, stoked about the story, I guess. But, yeah, certainly something I didn't see coming. But, anyway, we'll go on to the, the big dance now, which is the Star Doncaster Mile, um, Group 1, 1,600 metres. Forbidden Love with Jamie Carr aboard, $4.60. I'm Thunderstruck, $5. And then straight out of double-figure odds here with Converge at 10 Ellsberg, 15 Mr. Brightside and Lights, Lighthouse, um, 15 and 17 Private Eye, 18 Ice Bath, 18 And then um, $20 plus the rest of the field. Speed map, um, obviously Ellsberg's going to push forward. I think Forbidden Love will try and go forward like um, she has been in recent starts. Converge, probably punch up from the inside. And uh, Mr. Brightside, not sure what he does from um, that barrier out there. But, um, yeah, who are you with here, mate? I'll be honest, mate. I'll, you know when you just, for some unknown reason, hold a grudge against the horse and you just never back it? And and there's no – it hasn't done anything to you. I've never been picked by it in a photo. It hasn't done anything wrong, but I've never touched Forbidden Love ever. And – I had a look at the form and I thought, okay, I've got to get away from, from bias. And sometimes you can get hooked on horses and things. Admittedly, Edit's taken me for a ride. Um, sharp response last weekend really tested my life expectancy. But I do think that Forbidden Love is just absolutely airborne and its running pattern is straight to the front, catch me if you can, which at the end of the day, that's what you want. You want to be in front. You want to be leading. You want Jamie Carr on your horse. Um, and I'm a massive fan of Private Eye. I think out to this trip is a huge tick for Private Eye. Then I saw Barrier 22 and I went, it's going to need to be a peach. So I want to see how the track's playing. If they're getting right to the outside, Private Eye could just rip over these, right the outside lane and with the lightweight. But then you look at the lightweight of Forbidden Love and you go, how do they beat it? It is weighted unbelievably. 
and converge. Yes, hard to knock, but finds that run with Animo. Um, it's certainly in the mix. Rachel King, not one of mine. Um, I would have preferred Timmy Clark, uh, no disrespect, but I, I do think I'm going to play Forbidden Love for the win and Private Eye each way. Watching how the track's playing, mate, if they're ripping down the outside, I think Private Eye could come steaming home with any luck from that draw. Um, but at the same time, there's six or seven in this you can make a case for. Haven't touched on I'm Thunderstruck, which is pretty hard to knock. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think Lighthouse is running anymore. So uh, what are your thoughts, mate? I'm, I'm pretty interested here. Yeah, well, the first point that I made here, and uh, it's similar to what you echoed, I think uh, I want to see a track partner here before I put any bet on the race. So I'm not touching the race until yeah. I see, so, you know, if it's playing outside lanes, like you said, it brings a lot of horses in. If it's not, well, then, yeah, we, we've got a number of runners we can sort of rule out. Um, forbidden Love for me, obviously, she is flying on these wet tracks, but her last three starts, she's found the inside. Fence barrier sort of 1, 7, and 2. Jumps from 14 here, speed drawn inside. I think she has to be a little bit of a query at the 1600. I think the big positive is obviously the heavy track, but I'm happy to play around Forbidden Love uh, this stage, unless I sort of have a bit of a severe change of mind. But a uh, couple of runners I do like. I think I'm uh, Thunderstruck is ready to peak here. Um, Bowman's absolutely flying. Thunderstruck was huge in the All-Star Mile, chasing Zaki from a horror draw. One out of one on heavy. Um, fourth up and rock hard fit from a perfect draw. Uh, the other one I really like, and I know that we can talk about sort of weight swings here, almost about every horse when the, you know, the, the heaviest weight in the field is going to be 55 years. So they're all getting a good weight swing. But, I mean, Converge has an inside draw, covers absolutely no ground. Uh, fitness base is huge now, right into the end of the preparation. Beat Animo over on heavy over 1,600 metres here at Randwick, then chased Animo in the Roseville Guineas uh, over 2,000 metres, which was probably a stretch too far. Drops six, six to seven kilos, depending on what rates we can get down to. Absolutely loves Randwick, two wins, two places from four starts. And I just think that this race has Gay Waterhouse written all over it with Converge there, punching through, getting a perfect spot, covering no extra ground. And, you know, we've got the heavy track box ticked um, and no weight. I think the double-figure odds here about Converge is, in my opinion, crazy. Um, yeah. And then I think the other one that can sort of shock punters, and I'm surprised about the price, is Ice Bath. A lot of people sort of forget these runners are going really well and then they come out and, you know, one or two sort of disappointing runs in tough conditions and then goes down to Melbourne and all of a sudden we're on a heavy 10 here, which is what we all wanted from Ice Bath, you know, six months ago. Now all of a sudden we're getting 20 bucks about a horse who usually relishes it. So surprised about that, mate. But I'm going to have a bet on Converge here um, each way, more the place. Um, but I just think from the draw gets every opportunity. And if the horse is good enough, I don't think there'll be any excuses. Yep. Very, very good call, mate. Hard to, hard to disagree. Converge is a great price. That is a very good point. I'm really, really excited for this uh, race and also just really excited for the weekend and the championships to start. But, you know, you've always got in the back of your head what's going to happen here. And the one thing I do want to say is, um, you know, I haven't heard too much about what's going on, but if this meeting does change and changes tracks and goes somewhere else, it's going to make us all have to review our races again because um, as we saw the other day with Newcastle, you know, you just – don't really know, but we'll all have our fingers crossed that the meeting goes ahead. Um, and now we'll head to Bendigo. We're just going to look at the two races here, the Bendigo Guineas and also the Golden Mile. Um, Favourite in the 1,400-metre Bendigo Guineas is Cardigan Queen, $2.70. Gundek, $5.50. Uh, here's that good mate again, sharp response, uh, $6.50 and $2.20. Mars Mission, 7 Charter as an asymmetrical, $9. And then um, massive jumping odds. Speed map, uh, Gundek and Asymmetrical will um, punch forward. Sharp response will probably go to the rear of the field again. Rock hard fit if he sort of does the seven-day backup. But uh, doesn't look to be too much pace in the race. Might be a little bit of a tactical affair. Um, you side with the favourite here? Yeah, I, I do have to, mate. As long as it slots in, I think it's the right kind of form. A fortunate kiss. You go watch its run at Mooney Valley, and it was enormous. It probably should have won the race as well as Sir. So the form looks right for mine. It was very, very unlucky. The stable know how to get them ready. If it finds cover, I think it'll win the race. From Pantherland, very unlucky the other night at 50s is a pretty big price. And uh, obviously, sharp response. It's just the backup. That was a huge run. Really, really big run. I'm not sure if it can reproduce that. If it can, it has to be massively respected. And uh, Gundek is going to be on the speed and giving a sight, so pending track pattern. If the leaders are leading and, they, and they're winning, 
gun deck or get backed in, it'd be very hard to beat. If they're running on, Cardigan Queen made it or rip home. Even Larkin it should just be winning this race. A fortunate kiss form is as good as it gets in this. And it has really good upside. And then you look at where it's from, Mayor used to stable. What about you, mate? I think it's the bet of the day, Cardigan Queen. Uh, $2.70, obviously a bit short, but, um, you know, absolute winner lick last start, as you mentioned, at Flemington. Um, got boxed in there. I don't know, Johnny Allen sort of waited for a long time, but certainly any clear air at any stage of that race, he win, uh, she wins. This time around, we've got the wider draw, so I just think that Harry will be able to sort of slot in somewhere, and, and really I just want clear air down the outside lane at any stage. The fitness space is there to have to, if he has to sit three-watt um, cover, obviously, but, um, yeah, I just think that right now with fourth up, rock-hard fit, in a race like this, that I just think um, she's simply the best horse in the race. I think she's going to be really, really hard to beat. And there's a number of horses here that are going to punch forward. Obviously, um, I'd love Sharp Response to come out because I just don't want to – I just don't want a horse that I was really keen on last week. Good odds. And we got Rob sort of having a huge run here. But like you said, I am worried about the – it's a new race. you got to treat it as a new race, as you know. And I'm worried about the seven-day backup as well. So I just think it's Cardigan Queen's time to shine. And, um, yeah, mate, I'm going to have a good crack at that. I think that's, I think that's going to be the best bet of the weekend. Good point about sharp response. I agree completely. I hope it comes out so that just isn't on the back of my mind because the last thing I want is Cardigan Queen ripping home and sharp response maintaining a wide run and pipping it on the line. <laughs> yeah, and then um, poor old Harry Coffey got his whip and hits uh, sharp response's nose on the way through and then we go through it all again. So, <laughs> um, yeah, but no, hopefully uh, hopefully Cardigan Queen bolts in for us and gets the job done and then um, we'll move forward to the Golden Mile, which is a listed race over 1,600 metres. Uh, Cherry Tortoni, absolute punter's nightmare here at three dollars eighty's favourite. Riadini seven, Holborn seven fifty. I am Superman eight dollars. Uh, Zaydani Crosshaven eleven and twelve. High Stranger eighteen and big odds, but great race. Um, yeah, plenty of speed in this race as well, mate. With Holborn and Riadini likely going forward with Crosshaven, um, Nancho from the inside. So good fast race to. Finish things off in the gold mile. Um, are you side with the favourite here? I'm massively against Cherry Tortoni. Oh, no, not at all, mate. Not for me. <laughs> I I went through and I had to do a write-up um, for the team I work for. And uh, I went through and uh, shout out to Backer Winner as well for, for tips online. I went through and had a look at it, its starting price versus when it's actually won. And for me, I just went no chance. I think it was last nine runs it's been below six dollars it's won twice so every time i see cherry tortoni pop up it goes huge run last start this that should be winning flunks it cooks it happens constantly constantly jumps two dollars and it's just flat or it's and i've been done it three or four times i saw barrier 20 or whatever it's gotten i just went nah and yes, if it gets luck and you look at its record over the 1600, unbelievable. But then you ask yourself, okay, well, look at its record at odds like this. When it's always really well in the market, it just comes out and cooks it or it's unlucky. So for me, very hard to beat with even luck, but I'm happy to take luck out of the equation and back. Crosshaven will be on the speed. It'll give us sight. It's racing really well. And I'm Superman's just super classy. It's got the top weight, but it maps... An absolute treat. I um, mean, where does Cher- Cherry Tortoni map? It's going to be back in Tasmania. So I just I just think I'm, I'm happy to be with those two at the odds. If Cherry wins, fair enough. It's not one of those ones I'm going to regret because the amount of time it loses uh, at, at, as favourite, I just I can't take it as a punter, mate. So I'm happy to, happy to steer clear of it at those odds. And Michael D, um, with respect to him, I, I don't think I've ever won on him. Um, every time I back him, the last three or four have been, uh, you know, her empire, um, the the one in the big race the other day, Deucer the other night. So, you know, he's a good rider, but every time I back him, he just, I don't know what it is. What about you, mate? Yeah, I'm hearing you, mate. I think that there's a lot of negatives about Cherry Tortoni. Obviously, um, one, the price is a negative, $3.80. You've got Barrier 18. I think the horse is better on soft going, as we can see by, you know, just the stand look at the form guide. Obviously, the mile is certainly the sweet spot for, for him. And I think the big thing that everyone's sort of flying towards is that they put blinkers on last start and he really relished that and flew home. But, um, you know, that's on a truck that he races at quite regularly. You now we're going to Bendigo. 
Um, oh, I think I think you're right. I think this, it's certainly a race we can play around, and the horse that I sort of wanted to gravitate towards. In what I will say is a very tricky race. I think this is one of the harder races on the day. Uh, I am Superman, just based on the race that's coming out of. Um, you know, first up against Think It Over and Colette, uh, carried 59 kilos there. Obviously, they don't want any bar of the wet tracks in Sydney, so they're down there in Melbourne. Um, I like McDougall going aboard. Going to carry the big weight, but, you know, it covers no extra ground. And I just think that 1,600 metres is um, going to be fine for I am Superman. Um, and then the other runner I was half keen on was Mandela Effect at 34-9. and nine. Uh, I just think that all, all of Mandela Effect's was, runs was really good. Um, he was building something special when he came up to Melbourne last start. Things didn't really pan out for him in that race. A um, little bit disappointing, had to do a bit of work. But going off his runs prior to last start, I'd have him a lot shorter than $34. And I just think that he could run a big race here. Obviously, gonna, I'd prefer him to go back in the field there from 13 and run on with um, high pressure in the race. But, um, look, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Cherry Tour Tony won. Um, I would love to see I Am Superman win, and I think that if we're going to get each way about I Am Superman, I'm going to side with that horse, and I'll certainly have a little bit of a savour at the big odds Mandela effect, but um, that's one of the toughest races on the program, in my opinion. Yeah, Mandela's a good shout, mate. I actually uh, gave that a bit of a sneaky hope in my write-up and said, good one at odds, and I Am Superman, I think uh, we doing form, you can get stuck getting a bit too involved with weights and sometimes you've got to take a step back and go, okay, what's the best horse? Let's, let's put weight aside because let's not forget how much these animals weigh as opposed to what, you know, sometimes you can look at weight swings and, and all kinds of things and then go, okay, I just need to go. What's the best horse? And I'm Superman could just absolutely f- throttle in class wise, form wise. It just, it's the one, isn't it? And uh, as long as it carries the weight and sees out the trip, this looks a pretty good looking bet and the map looks super as opposed to cherry to tony i mean where does that land from barrier 18 so it's snagged back to last mickey d's gonna have to sit five deep i'm happy to sit and watch that yeah yeah so my thoughts around uh, i'm superman like you said originally i was sort of worried about the 1600 and i thought oh i might sort of see the horse yeah but we're on a good track here uh, obviously second up and then yeah like you said it's this this race to me looks like a, a lot weaker of a race to what i'm superman you know, generally races in. I think that's that's the big key. I think it's the greater horse he's up against. And I don't think 60 kilos will be fine for a horse like that. Um, and if he is a bit tired late, 1,600, I still think he can jag a place at the 250. So that's the way I'm going to play it. Um, have you got any other runners, mate, from around the grounds anywhere on the weekend you want to tip anyone into? Yeah, I've, I've got two. There's a really interesting runner, which I can see it's probably not the right form, but Bendigo race number two, the BM70, just wouldn't settle last run. So it was um, Logan McNeil. He's, he's a talented young fella. I backed him twice yesterday, and I found both times the horses weren't settling for him. They were all over the shop. Um, and he was on an Ellerton Zara one. It was favourite. Just was just restless. And this happened with him again on the one in this race, which is our bird song. Wouldn't settle all race for him. So I'm not sure. I think he probably needs to work on settling his horses a bit more. But... If you go have a look, drops two kegs and comes out of a BM70 behind the, the talented asymmetrical. So he drops two kilograms. He's unbeaten third up from two goes. And he's actually won twice from two goes from barrier five. Launches from barrier five. He's unbeaten third up. He drops two kegs and he's in the same grade and he's $41. So... Just a few stars aligned for me there. I think barrier five, the horse obviously has taken a liking to that barrier. And just this grade handles it. So I was struggling to knock it, mate. I reckon if it settles, I mean, it didn't settle all last run and it still ran uh, fourth. So if it settles, red hot chance at 40s. And uh, the other one that I did want to touch on, I think it was at Bendigo as well. Uh, might be race number three. Uh, just get it up. Might be a second. Um, oh, one other thing. What do we do with Remark? Where's Remark at? <laughs> yeah, great question, mate. Um, look, I really like the horse, but I've sort of always had a bit of a query on horses that have breathing issues, and that's what I've heard off a number of people. Obviously, I know he's had the operation now, so my theory was um, I heard it off a few jockeys, actually. They were saying that, 
he just makes a real he's a roarer. So he, he made a lot of noise when he was trialing and racing and whatnot. I didn't know that for ages because I love love the horse. And then then it all came out that he needed an operation. He sort of just wasn't handling race pressure. And then he's had the well, I think it's some sort of um, tongue operation where they try and oh, I guess open up his airways or whatnot. But until he sort of comes out and does something and wins a race, I just don't want to touch him because the horse with issues like that, I'm happy to sort of play around knowing that the horse has got super ability. So that's my thoughts with him. But I love the horse. I love the look of him. I think he's honestly the best looking two-year-old when he came through his age. And he's such a beastly looking tire. But he, yeah, unfortunately has other dramas going on. Maybe he's related to Ollie, the Aurora. Ah! <laughs> yeah, great combination, them two, for sure. <laughs> Um, the other one I wanted to touch on, um, just trying to find it. I think it is at Bendigo, but yeah, our bird songs race too. So $41, $10 to place. Can it win three out of three from barrier five and three out of three third up? I was Vespertine in race number five, bad running pattern. So you're going to have your heart, heart in your mouth, but serious turn of foot. Go have a look at its last win and three runs back from the clouds and when things go right for Vespertine and it has a clean crack at them in in the right amount of time there's probably not many horses in Australia that can beat it to the line its turn of foot is unbelievable and uh its form is nice it ran second to Ana Vista who I thought was yeah pretty unlucky the other day so absolutely no knock on the form there and we've got Jordan Childs aboard knows the horse very well six dollars into five dollars barrier nine yeah it's going to be a bit sticky if it slots in and it gets clean air, very, very hard to beat. What about you, mate? Anything around the ground? I love that, mate. That's what punters want. $41 for the Schnitzel Mare, our bird song. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, well, um, I like one at Eagle Farm, race five. Uh, number 10 on the lead at $7 and $2.30. Um, I just like to run first up at Canberra there on soft going, and I think this horse is much better on firm ground. Uh, I think that was a pretty good, strong grade, that race there at Canberra. and. You know, he goes up to Eagle Farm, which is effectively running on concrete. Um, so I think that really suits his horse that likes good going. And if you look at the tempo in the race, mate, there's absolutely speed galore from everywhere. And on the lead, will just sit right behind him and punch to the outside lane there with Mark Duplessis. Hopefully it's playing all right like that on the day. But $7 or $2.30, I'm going to just, I'm going to have a bit, a bit on the win and the place. Uh, I think the horse is well over the odds in a super tempo race. And I think a 1,000 metres suits with no with not much weight on the back. So... On the lead for me at Eagle Farm, but um, yeah, that's probably the only other one I want to touch on, mate. And how often, how often do we see Sydney form come to Brisbane and win? It is just constant every week. And it's, I remember on the lead early days, had a bit to learn, got a bit uh, hassled in its runs, but its form form lines are unbelievable. Uh, it's a good race, uh, but, yeah, that's a good shout, mate. I'd definitely give that a massive hope. On its best form, it should just win comfortably. Um, and uh, one other thing to touch on, speaking of Eagle Farm, Tony Gollan, uh, I ran into him at the gym the other day. What did he do to Smart Image? That thing was a rocket. I've been trying to catch that in uh, Sydney. I remember plugging it to my housemate saying, you know, it's it's off the boil, but if this finds its best, it wins. And it was it ran dead last, and it was just gone as a horse. And I was on Aiden's field, very very good first up run. I thought, gee, unbeatable here into a dollar fifty. Smart image has just out of this world. That I don't know if you saw that run, mate, but that was unbelievable. It put them to the sword within two or three strides. It was unbelievable. So. Keen to follow Smart Image wherever it runs next. Um, Golan knows how to get him humming from the Snowden stable. And he said to me at the gym, he said that he learns to give them a bit more time when he gets them from the Snowdens, which is interesting. Um, and he just said, yeah, he learns the timing with the horses. He was saying about Charitera, just learning about when to uh, give it the run. Uh, and that was a really nice first up win. So we certainly found um, that's found form as well. So Gollum's got a few really good ones going there. Smart image wherever it runs next. I want to be with it. Yeah, very interesting point you made there about those uh, that little connection they got Snowden and um, Golden. And I know that there's another uh, stable out in the country, New South Wales, is sort of picking up tried horses. Um, that's Mitch Beer I'm talking about. I sort of got into one with him the other day. Just a small share, but he was saying, oh, not not necessarily him, but someone else was saying that. Uh, the Waterhouse Stable really worked their horses hard, and he said that he's picked up one recently and doesn't really do too much work with the horse. He thinks that 
you know, the horse is a natural athlete, uh, keep it a shorter trips. Interesting what all these trainers do with triad horses and different sort of training techniques that they use and how they work. And, you know, horses can certainly um, improve with a different environment. But, um, yeah, talking about that on the lead, like you just said, uh, two starts back was in a benchmark 88 at uh, Rose Hill, went finished in a photo finish with Mr. Mosaic and Tycoonist. And um, now you jump from benchmark 88 to a Queensland class six on a good track. I just think it's unbelievable the price we're getting about the horse. And I just hope that um, hope that he turns up on the day and does the job for us. But uh, rattle things off, mate. We'll go with the uh, best and value bet for the weekend. And then we'll um, just pray for the rain gods to leave us alone for a few days after that. Best of the day, mate. I've, I've, it was going to be edit, but if we're dealing with a heavy 10, I think uh, Akira can run a really good race at odds. If it does dry up, really keen on edit, but I, I can't be completely confident with the way the track is. He hasn't ticked that box. Um, so that is some query. Best value, mate, our bird song, $41. And just a couple of stars aligned. Just Logan McNeil needs to, to get his horses to settle a bit more for him. But, um, gee, over-raced the whole time last run and it only lost by two lengths. Drops two kegs, same grade. Good value. Yeah, beauty, mate. Well, um, one sure thing that I can tell you is that the track won't be drying up. <laughs> and uh, it'll certainly be a heavy 10. So uh, we know that's going to be the case, but um, that's why I'm going to go to Bendigo for my best bet of the weekend, which is Cardigan Queen in the Bendigo Guineas. And yep. you value for the weekend. I'm going to I'm gonna just play uh, another one as my value play. I just think that $9, I know that I've, I've rattled off a few horses with rougher odds than nine at, uh, on this program, or $10 he is at the moment. But I just think that he's $10 in a, in a race that I really think that he can shape up and race well. So... Uh, that'll be my value, mate. But um, yeah, thanks for joining me once again and really good to chat through with you. And I think there was plenty of value in our selections today. So, you know, fingers crossed, uh, you know, we can get onto the track on Saturday and get all 10 races in and um, really exciting. Yeah, really exciting day on the cards there, day one of the championship. So thanks again, mate. And um, I hope you have a great weekend. You too, mate. Thanks for having me. Good luck, punters. That's it. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.